0: Hi, my name is Stephen Krein from Startup Health. I'm here with my good friend Dan Sullivan and partner on the Free Zone Frontier podcast and our great friend Lee Richter, who we get to spend every quarter with and more and more spending more time with, who's really changing the world of pet health and animal health. So great to be with both of you today.
1: Lovely to be with you.
0: Dan, we were talking on the last episode about the Free Zone Frontier five, as you've named it, cash flow confidence. Uh, 25 year hero target, deep DOS discovery, did you call it? Deep DOS innovation. Deep DOS yeah. innovation, simplifier, multiplier certainty, and free zone frontier collaboration. So, kind of talking about the formula for how to free zone frontier, or as we shorten it to, frontiering.
2: Yes. <laughs> so, Steve, I'm going to ask both you and Lee a question, and it has to do with. Things you know now and new value that you've created since you really pursued your hero target that only you in the world know about this new knowledge, these new capabilities for the person that you're actually committed to. And it's only because of your total commitment to this person that you can go into what we call their DOS, that you know what their dangers are that need to be eliminated, you know what their opportunities are that need to be captured, and you know what strengths they already have that can be maximized. And you know that better than they do. So more and more, you're the go-to source for a clear picture on their future that they can't get from anyone else. Without a doubt, the biggest, maybe
0: it's not surprising to people once they hear it, to kind of understand is that every entrepreneur who's trying to achieve a health moonshot, make a really big impact on the health and well-being of everyone in the world or anyone in the world, whether it be ending cancer, whether it be ending addiction, curing disease, or bringing access to care to everyone in the world, is that while everyone in the world is rooting for them, the industry is rooting against them. So there is a great, great deal of not only resistance, but rejection from the trillions of dollars that are being spent every year on healthcare around the world that is really making it incredibly, and is going to keep making it, incredibly difficult to succeed. So while the initial oftentimes reason that the entrepreneur and the organizations exist to make impact are quite inspirational and really touch home for many of them, a mother, a father, a sister, a brother that was sick or has passed away or struggles with something, was the reason they started it. But once you get started, you realize that the industry, the healthcare industry in every way, shape and form is going to try to kill the very innovation Mm -hmm. and the very thing that you're trying to achieve. And so knowing that it's a daily fight, but you need to survive and stay alive and thrive in that environment because of the underlying purpose and mission that each one of them are after. And so that's a very difficult thing to say and realizing that you have to deal with, but know that you need to believe that it's possible. And by doing it with linked arms, in our case, as an army linked together, knowing that you're not going to have to do that alone, it's a really big deal.
2: Yeah. I'm actually shocked here by your statement, Steve, because you're (laughs) suggesting that these major billion-dollar international corporations who call themselves healthcare Organizations are actually in the management of the perpetuation of disease. Are you saying that? That they're uh, (laughs) uh, certainly perpetuating the cash flow value of disease.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, look, I think there's, you know, payers, providers, pharmaceutical companies, other kinds of organizations, even governments. The money flows certain ways and there's a lot of it. And while I don't believe that there's not a purity of intentionality from the physicians and the clinicians mm-hmm. and even the administrators to want to do good, it's incredibly, incredibly difficult at the end of the day to move the dial in these organizations and, like you said, you know, upend what I think is a decades-long bureaucratic machine that rejects all attempts to innovate and break through. Yeah. And so, that's a sad state of affairs, especially when our lives depend on it. Yep.
2: Well, absolutely. Yeah, well, Lee, over to you because does the same thing apply in the pet industry?
1: It can, especially with the big pharma companies. You know, I've definitely seen innovation come in, 17,000 veterinarians at a conference. We all see it. And then six months later, a big company bought it, scrapped it, and nobody hears about it again. So we've seen it happen many, many times. There is a little difference between animal health and human health, and it's the self pay piece of it. Because people pay as they go. They're paying attention differently.
2: There's no third party pay.
1: Right. We don't have to really ask the same permission. Even though there are insurance companies involved, they're more as a partnership and a collaborator than an adversary because they want to see the client continue to use the insurance. And it's a choice, not that they have to. But we have the same issues in veterinary medicine as well with the big companies wanting status quo. We have a law we're working on changing in the state of California right now that we started two years ago. And. To get things moving forward is a whole bunch of people who want to do things the way it used to be done. And we have to keep showing scientific proof. Mm -hmm. I will say we have to show up with grit and we have to show up with perseverance. And we do. And we show up with more people to help us and just keep getting it through. But it is the same thing in veterinary medicine. However, there are some nuances that are different. And because it is self-pay, people are then our direct consumers, not necessarily the insurance companies and the doctors.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm going to just share something that I have learned simply because my focus for the last 46 years, I'm in my 46th year now of coaching entrepreneurs, but certainly in the last 30 since we've had the workshop program, Strategic Coach Workshop, that the only solution for entrepreneurs in any problem situation they're in is to remind themselves that the reason why they became an entrepreneur in the first place was because of freedom. Freedom in four places, freedom of time, freedom of money, freedom of relationship, and freedom of purpose. And that all their problems and the complexity of their life is that they forgot the original reason why they went into entrepreneurship in the first place. And the more they began to think in the term of freedom, all of a sudden insolvable problems become easily solved. What I would like to ask each of you is three things you know only because you have a total focus on being a hero in this particular area. And that if you didn't have that commitment and you didn't have the cash confidence to free yourself up to investigate, you would not know these three things. And nobody else in the world knows these three things as well as you do. So that's my question for both of you. Go
0: ahead,
1: Lee. (laughs) Go ahead, Lee. Well, in veterinary medicine, I've owned veterinary hospitals for two decades. And what I know is people love their pets so much. They will do more for their pets than they do for themselves and often do more for their pets than they even do for their children. And it is amazing how it's a gateway for great conversation around better health for people. So one of the things I talked to with Steve about is people will do things for their pets. They'll come in, they'll do hyperbaric oxygen, they'll do stem cell therapy. They'll do things that we say are the right pathway for them to either cure their pet of cancer, or just even play into longer lifestyle, and longer life with their pet. And then all of a sudden they'll say, wow, that works so great for them, that acupuncture, that chiropractic, maybe I should do that for myself. And so one of the things I think we have is the luxury of the conversation where they're sitting there, they want to spend time with us, they're volunteering to come in, they don't have to come in. And especially in the holistic hospital, they added piece of it. In a general practice, yes, you go every year, you want to make sure they get their shots, you want to make sure they have their general attention. But in holistic, it's that top level of I want to be even better. I want to do things even better for my pet. So we have that ear with them almost for an hour where we could talk to them about anything, including better health for themselves. So we're starting to even have conversations with them like, hey, the things you're learning here today, how can you apply that to your life and your family's life? So number one is that. Number two, I think you hit on it earlier. Our industry is based on love. People show up. It's because they love their pets. They want to continue that love. They want to really show up and be a hero to their pets. So we're showing up to be a hero to them so they can show up and be a hero to their pets. And knowing that that's based on love, we can really start the conversation so differently from the first minute they walk in the door. We're really paying attention to them. They're right into the office. We're sitting there. We're, we're playing with their dog. We're talking to them about their dog or their cat or their bunny rabbit. And it just brings out a new piece of them. They're not coming from fear. They're coming from love. Mm-hmm. And the third one, I think the veterinarians are so incredibly dedicated. It's one of the most difficult schools to get into the world. There's 30 veterinary schools in America and tens of thousands of people apply with only a small amount getting in. And they're so dedicated to making a difference. And when they come in, they're bright-eyed, they're excited. But when they come out of med school, they're still bright-eyed and excited. And I meet people that are coming out of med school, and they're exhausted. And it's a really difference from all the way from the very beginning, from how they start their career, how they start in the industry. They really want to make a positive difference. When I see how many doctors are writing to me on a regular basis, asking to come work at our hospital to just get – experience in the holistic industry, I'm seeing a huge, huge change in the marketplace. So yeah. right now, I think we're just in the perfect timing for it.
2: Yeah, good. Okay, Steve, you've hidden enough. Uh, for- <laughs> you know,
0: I, I think the item or the one that Lee described, or in fact, all of the ones that Lee described are unique to her audience and the people that she's trying to help is that oftentimes they care more about their pets than they do themselves. And oftentimes take care of their pets better than they take care of themselves, as she alluded to. And I think, you know, therein lies that rub I was talking about with the industry, which is kind of interesting, but it's incredibly lonely being an entrepreneur trying to transform health. It's actually lonely being an entrepreneur in general, right? There's that Mm -hmm. underlying thing that you can't gripe up, you can't gripe down, you can't gripe to the side, you have to bottle up a lot of it. And So if you can't connect to a community of other people who understand what you're feeling and dealing with, it's incredibly difficult. But I think that with an industry rejecting you or rejecting the idea of what you stand for, not personally you, but just what you're trying to do, the idea that there's power in numbers is a big Mm -hmm. confidence building thing, which is you're not gonna have to do this alone. We're gonna figure out how to collaborate and do it together and make sure that you know that you have all of us and that's the community and the others at Startup Health behind you to kind of help you do that is a big deal. So loneliness is one. The other is that, it's not going to feel like you're making much progress. And so you're going to fail oftentimes to tell others about the progress you're making. And that leads to people not knowing about the amazing steps that you're making towards moving the dial forward, helping organizations or whatever it is that you're trying to do with your company. And so oftentimes your progress either goes unnoticed either by you or by others. And so that's another big deal. And so the idea that you're feeling like, if I'm trying to make a dent on something as meaningful as Alzheimer's, make an impact on you know Alzheimer's disease and both early detection, but also treatment and even ultimately making it something that you know is eliminated down the road, you're going to feel like it's that horizon that keeps moving. The closer you get, the further it seems. And so the idea that you're always measuring by how far you've come, I love your analogy of the gap and the gain that kind of illustrates this. And nowhere is it more prevalent in the health entrepreneur yeah. who's always feeling like they're always being put up towards that long horizon that seems so far out that it's not worth it. So I kind of juxtapose yeah. that with that idea of making sure that we keep reminding them to share their progress yeah. that they're making. Yeah, And then the third one that I think is a big piece of it is the notion of you can't underestimate how much you have to keep retelling the same story over and over and over again to attract everything you need to make that possible. So Mm. if it's investment and dollars you need, if it's customers, if it's team members, being able to tell an inspiring, long-term, impactful story Mm. with all those things working against you is a really difficult thing to do, but something that every entrepreneur in healthcare struggles to do.
2: Yeah. So the big thing here of the deep DOS innovation is that it allows you to identify other creatures in the marketplace, and that is people who are doing something different than you're doing, but trying to create value for the same hero target. In other words, uh, from the standpoint, if you look at your hero target, in your case, Steve, it's the health entrepreneur, startup health entrepreneur, if you go to the middle of that person's universe and look 360 degrees, you fulfill a huge role there. You're creating enormous value. But there's many other people who are trying to create value for that person too. Yeah. We've identified that this is the linchpin for the entire Free Zone 5 concept, You know, the structure and the process. Because I only really want to collaborate with people who want to create value for the same person I want to be a hero to. Because I can trust that. I can implicitly trust that they're in love with the improvement of the same vision that I have in the marketplace. And I want that emotional. I talk about cash flow confidence because it's kind of a guarantee that I can play the game but the deep DOS innovation is the guarantee that the other person could play the game.
0: Yeah, you're bringing up an item that I think has become apparent, at least at Startup Health, is that when we started out, we probably thought we had to do a lot more to help the entrepreneur than was even in our unique ability. And so we were doing things to help them and suggesting even we do things to help them in ways that other people were better suited helping them. And yet, We still try to. And I think over time, we've kind of learned to delegate some of the kind of workload of helping them to others who share the same passion for what they're trying to achieve, but have the unique ability more directly to help them. And so the idea of finding others who share that same passion of helping that entrepreneur, but can do a much better job at diving in to that challenge, you end up building a whole bunch of partnerships and collaborations with others who are. Like you said, equally excited about what they're working on, but are going to do a much better job than you are at helping them. And so we've eliminated a bunch of things that we Mm -hmm. thought we had to do or maybe had to do initially, but now have found much better people to work with these entrepreneurs to do that. And so rather than try to be their end all be all of everything, it's how can we get them connected to the right people to help them think about their team and building out their team or running their operation, or doing their marketing and packaging, and making sure that what we do is serve what our unique ability is and get others around the table to help them in, in other ways. And so building out a network of support partners is a big piece of being a part of Startup Health, but more importantly, eliminating from our need to mm-hmm. build up that capability or try to do that capability.
2: Yeah. Lee, I'm thinking of your partnership with Craig Clements, you know, because that was a passion for Craig had that passion too.
1: Right, but we had the same type of dog. He's madly in love with his dog, and he wants best health for his dog. And we had 40 ingredients that we could put together that made a difference to him. So, yeah, that was a beautiful collaboration. We now have eight or nine products out with him and a whole food line that's coming out with a new protein source. So, And we're solving problems with this, by the way. Steve, just so you know, with new products coming out, I'm thinking Moonshot in mind already. Because I'm implementing those ideas into the new products coming out. So, and how to change the world and have a positive impact even on our planet. Yeah. Because even pets eating is a source of problems for our planet. And so, we're solving things based on how do we make a big positive impact.
2: Yeah. And just an example of something that's really working out tremendously for a strategic coach is our collaboration with EOS the entrepreneurial operating system so Gino Wickman who's a fellow member of the free zone frontier you know has spent 23 years developing what happens to the team between strategic coach workshops in other words if you have a self-managing company what does the structure of that look like and is there a common structure, is there a common process you have to do? And, you know, he was working on that probably for six or seven years in Strategic Coach before I even knew he was doing that. You know, and one of the things, you know, he kind of felt out, he kind of, I think he was kind of cautious with this. He said, are you ever thinking about doing this? You and Babs, are you ever thinking about bringing this capability inside Strategic Coach? And I said, never in a million years are we ever going to do this. I said, you know, both Babs and I are ADD, and I've come up with a new definition of ADD. It's a chronic inability to pay attention to anything that is boring. (laughs) And I said, I have to tell you... I would not find that an interesting activity and neither would Babs we simply went and then we're going to sell it and then we're going to create coaches for it I said there's not a mil-. So that gave him a lot of confidence to just go ahead and then he started picking my brain you know about some of the things you know that didn't happen between workshops that actually encouraged people not to come back to the strategic coach because they were getting excited when the entrepreneur came to the workshop, but then they'd go back and they just wouldn't have any execution, any implementation in their team. And it was almost like the failure that was happening between 90 days was discouraging them from even being in the strategic coach program. So I said, gee, this is a perfect collaboration. And so much so that, you know, we revealed to our entire team yesterday we had everybody in either physically or by video yesterday. And we showed them the EOS structure and Babs and Dan are both visionaries at the top and who the integrator is and who all the other people is. And I think it was a big jump and the whole point is I had nothing whatsoever to do with any of that except say to Babs, why don't we just do this collaboration with EOS? And Gino, you know, brought us to Detroit for one of their big implementer meetings, and they are so excited about it because they found that when entrepreneurs come back from strategic coach, they don't give them any fight about who, not how. You know, they don't give them any fight for who, not how, so we're speeding up their process and they're strengthening our process and their money is their money and our money is our money. And it's just a fist pump, you know, it's not even a handshake. And I said, you know, let's check it out for 25 years and compare notes afterwards and see how it works.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting because you're no different than the book deal, quite frankly, your ability to say to somebody else, go do this with you know, in this case, my client base, or in the case of the book, my intellectual property and content starts to symbolize, you're really more of a platform for others to build on. And if I was to draw a metaphor a little bit to the iOS, Apple Store, the App Store, or the Android Store, people are using the iPhone, or the Android as all of the pieces they need to deliver their service, but they're taking over your camera or they're taking over your GPS coordinates provided by your phone or the power of your phone to do these things. And I think there's some interesting kind of thinking that you just did with the idea to free up Gino to go build for people who are in strategic coach a whole new set of capabilities. Mm -hmm. I know it was always offered but not officially offered like the way you're describing is not only inside of Strategic Coach, but to its clients. And I think you did the same thing with the book. And I think within all of our organizations, how can we just be a platform mm-hmm. so that we can, you know, Apple keeps selling phones, you know they're happy. They don't really care they missed out on different things because their business model then also provides them to get a little portion of the cash. You're actually giving up that piece as well, saying, I just want to sell more phones. Yeah. And if people need my phone more because they are doing this or happier with my phone because they have this, then I'm really in great shape. There's some interesting freedoms that come from that.
2: And we just had that Abundance 360. We had an example because Amazon now, you know, in their AWS platform, I mean, they make the promise. I mean, I don't know how you would check it out, but they say everything that we use to grow Amazon software artificial intelligence program. We're making that free to you. You can use this for free and we'll actually give you coaches to show you how to do it. Yeah. And if you have a special need, send us in the specs and we'll actually create it for you. Yeah. And we'll coach you on how using the thing. I got to tell you, they mean it too, because
0: an entrepreneur who was building a artificial intelligent powered solution for healthcare five years ago, would have needed to raise capital to build an engineering team to buy all of the things, licenses, et cetera, to operate and then support and could have ended up being tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars of capital raised that Amazon has in 12 seconds said you can use and plug in. And so we're seeing entrepreneurs come to us with a tenth, if not less, of the money needed to do the same exact thing because of what Amazon, Mm -hmm. uh, Microsoft does similar things and Salesforce and a few other, these cloud services have a host of different things that now entrepreneurs can tap into either for free or such fractions of a penny that it is upending the pace of how quickly we can bring innovations to market. And those platforms, whether it's Apple or Amazon or others that are making those kinds of capabilities available means that collaboration is even easier than it was even a couple of years ago.
2: Yeah. And I think the big thing here is that Amazon's being a perfect free zone frontier partner here because I said we have cash flow confidence. We don't need a piece of your action. I mean, we would like to have an ongoing deeper relationship with you. And when you think about cloud, think Amazon before anyone else. But my sense is, is such a big game that More and more people are being encouraged, saying, you know, even if I have a small part of this game, it just gets huge. Jeff Bezos reminds everybody, he said, you know, you think we're a colossus, he says, but based on retail sales on the planet, we have less than 1% of retail sales on the planet. We just need relationships. What we need is lifetime relationships. That's really what we need, and let's make it a good relationship right from the beginning.
0: If you answered the same question Lee and I answered about three things only we know about our target customer mm-hmm. or focus, what would you yep. say yours are?
2: Yeah, well, the three, they kind of resonate with yours. The biggest danger, I don't even call it loneliness, it's just isolation. They get isolated with their own worst thoughts and they get demoralized and they're being demoralized demoralizes their team and it cuts the bottom out of any value creation they're creating in the marketplace. So I think entrepreneurs being isolated with their own thoughts. And they're kind of taught that by the school system. You know, if you think of the normal school system and how people go through the factory of getting credentialed. No collaboration. (laughs) no, No, collaboration is cheating. You fail for collaborating and then they get thrown out into a world Where the only way you get rewarded is actually, I mean, except for some alpha predators, everybody else actually gets rewarded through collaboration and teamwork, both internally and externally. So I would say isolation, and I would say the who-not-how problem, that they have bigger goals, and every time they set a bigger and better goal, they're confronted with hows that they can't do which they equate to frustration and also failure. And after a while, they get so frustrated from the negative impact of bigger and better goals that they stop having bigger and better goals because they hate the feeling afterwards that they can't do any of the hows. And the other thing is not realizing how much humans in general like to be given a role that is unique to them in helping a whole team to achieve bigger and better goals, that people feel more rewarded by being given a unique assignment and then being part of a team that achieves something bigger and better than they do a pay raise or they do a promotion. I had a union negotiator in my program for about 10 years and he said, you know, it's really interesting, union negotiations between labor and management. And he always represented management. And he said, historically, Money is number six on the list that labor wants, and they're negotiating with management, but management isn't interested in giving them the first five, so it all becomes about money. And I would say that's probably in sports and entertainment and everything. What they really want to do is a sense of meaning. They want to have a sense of belonging. They want to have a sense of distinctiveness and uniqueness. And if you give your team constant, Opening to experience meaning and significance and achievement and everything else. Money's an easy thing to do that, but the entrepreneur, because they're isolated and they're cooped up and not seeing outside of themselves. I think those are the three biggest dangers. And uh, I wouldn't have said that 10 years ago. You know, I would say you got to pay attention to what's going on in the marketplace. You got to pay attention to technology. I don't think any of those things have to do with the biggest dangers. I think they're all inside the entrepreneur's mind.
1: Well, the sense of belonging is universal, too. It's Every age group, it's definitely one of the things to pay attention to. We're social
2: creatures. That's how we beat everything else. We're more social than everything else on the planet.
1: Yeah, but our phones and our computers are taking us away from that
0: a lot. Poke on that a little bit, Dan. So it's all in our minds. It's all in our heads. It's not outside of even ourselves. And so there's a lot of people that will point to their team that might be holding them back or competitors that get in their way or
2: others that aren't going to give them money or buy from them or do whatever. Government, yeah, they have an extensive outside blame list, but actually it's their own thinking. It's their own thinking that is preventing them from actually seeing that they can just do what they do well. You know, it's the unique ability thing, but instead they fill up their life with crappy stuff that doesn't get them anywhere and then then they say well it's the business I'm in so I'm gonna have another business in addition to the business I'm in you know and then they start complicating their lives with other business streams which only confuses everybody you're just multiplying confusion when you actually do that and then it reflects on how they're living their home life how they're taking care of their health and everything but it comes from that isolation that they're isolated And then the inability to find who's who do the how's you don't want to do. And then to realize what people working for you and working with you really count as the rewards for being part of something that's bigger and better than them where they get to play a unique role, and they're recognized and praised for their unique role. I mean, Joe Polish, our friend, has said this many times, that Napoleon said in his, he had sort of a biography, and he said, when I realized that a man would die for a blue rim, my whole career changed. You know, and uh, that the emperor would come by, and he knew your name, and he put a blue ribbon for the battle you had just fought. I mean, that'll get people all charged up for the future. You know, Uh, it's an important reminder because I think it's
0: hard to run from any excuses if it's all about you. Yeah, holding yourself back on that.
2: Now, I just want to tell you something. Now that we touched lightly on this. What I'd like to say is we went really deep on the DOS this time, but I want to say that it's in the DOS innovation, where you can just see more and more of the dangers, the opportunities and strengths of your clients, and then you have multiple experiences, not just one person, but it's multiple person, that you see where your other possible collaborators are. And that's the real key. Now, up until now, we've just been talking about you running a really great business, you know, with sense of dedication, knowing what your market is. But now we gotta introduce that there are incredible capabilities out there that can now help you. But the question is, one is you gotta check out that they're dedicated to the same hero target you are for the long run. But the other thing is, and we're gonna introduce this topic, in that first collaboration, are you the simplifier or are you the multiplier? And so we'll explore that because that's a new concept and it's driving more people crazy than any single concept that I've actually created in Strategic Coach. <laughs> I just had a year number one, fourth workshop, and I hit them with it at the end. This is their renewal workshop. And then they come back the second day for a boot camp with Shannon Waller and the other team members, and they take them through the basics of the program. So I hit him with the last hour with the Simplifier Multiplier, and people came in to me in the morning to talk to Shannon. They said, I couldn't sleep last night. I couldn't sleep last night. <laughs> My mind is just totally confused. So we're going to introduce this because this is really crucial, knowing what you are in terms of collaboration. Are you the Simplifier person or are you the Multiplier person? Yeah. And Steve, you and I have Lee outnumbered here.
1: <laughs> Thank God for us, though. I will tell you, the Multipliers at least tell the world about you guys.
2: Yep, yep, then we're depending on that.
1: I'm a simplifier like the two of you. I totally get the need for it, and it's where everything starts. We have to simplify it first.
2: Yep. So, anyway, we're going to come back and we're going to go through the final two of the Free Zone 5. So, we've covered total cash confidence, we've covered 25 year hero target, we've covered deep DOS innovation, and now we're coming back to simplifier multiplier certainty. And then we'll talk about how all these click together and free zone collaboration. What's your biggest insight from today's episode, Lee and then Dan?
1: My biggest insight, basically, it just takes a collaboration for all of this to work. It couldn't be Gary and I doing this by ourselves. Even though Gary would want to, he would go out and want to do these things in the industry and make a difference. I know that collaborating with other people like you, with Startup Health, with Dan, that gives us the juice to really do it.
2: You're a human enzyme, Lee. Yes. You make all the other things in the body work because you link them up. Thank you. Okay. I think my biggest one is, and it's a confirmation that these touch points, these five touch points are real. And, you know, there may in the future be a sixth one, but I think that what we're going to cover in the three podcasts that we're putting together here in one recording session is that if you check out and you keep improving this, you will naturally emerge into the free zone frontier. I feel I've got an algorithm here. And according to my IP lawyer in Palo Alto, he says an algorithm is where you can guarantee if somebody does A, B, C, D, and E. And in that order, there will be a guaranteed result. That's an algorithm. And that's one of the crucial proofs that you've got patentable IP in the world. And then if it's got technology attached to it, then you're home free with it. So I think we have an algorithm here that if you understand it and keep improving in each of these five checkpoints, you will be guaranteed that you're in the free zone frontier. Excellent. Mine actually was a nuance in a question you
0: asked differently than maybe I've heard it before, even though I think you probably said the exact same thing before, which was the notion of what do you know that nobody else knows about your customer, the type of person you want to be a hero to? Not what are their biggest challenges just generally, but what do you know that nobody else knows about their challenges or at least acknowledges? And I think that was an interesting way of framing that because it's different than the obvious. And I love that you even said you switched yours from 10 years ago till now. So that also means it's always evolving. So mm-hmm. excellent.
1: And it's easy for you right now, Steve, too, because you just saw all of those at your festival. And yep. you can see in 3D, each one of them is individual and has their own path and their own challenges. And it does start between our ears, right?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Great talking to you both. Okay.
1: Thank you.